0: Day 40. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors Podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. All right. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Well, I was hype. <laughs> I know. I was hyped when I woke up this morning for this one. Um, Deuteronomy, last book in the first five books only on day 40 and we're already through four books. It's crazy. Why are
1: you hype about this book? Because so I want
0: the people to know a little bit about man plans
1: for the future. Things, man, so
0: Deuteronomy like- one is just so important to the Old Testament, right. but it's a book that I actually was trying to study for PhD work. And right. so I had to do a lot of reading in it and working, through, like I know all the best commentaries <laughs> right. for it. Yeah. You know, what this one says, what this one doesn't say. And, um, yeah, just a lot of work in it. Did a lot of work in my master's uh, in it as well. And um, I've just come to learn how important and central it is for the theology and understanding of the Bible. Right. Right? And so, like, it's so central, bro, that if the Old Testament, it's been said, if the Old Testament is a wheel. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy is the hub. Mm. Right? Like, all of the, every other book kind of runs through it. Yeah. If the Old Testament was a house, then this book is, is like the mud seal. It's like the right. foundation. Right. And if you think about it like this, it is a summary and summation of the first four books. Right. Theological right, right. summary and summation. Yeah. For the next few books, Joshua the two kings, the historical books, it is the theological, uh, eva- like it provides the theological um, framework for how the kings and everybody in the land is evaluated. Right. You get to the prophets mm-hmm. when they are indicting Israel. They're coming back to this book. Yo, you're failing, you're failing to, <laughs> right. to keep Deuteronomy, right. right? They are covenant enforcers, right? They're not yeah. making up something new. Right. They're just enforcing the covenant that God already in place Right, right, right. When you think about the prophets, how do we determine a prophet? Deuteronomy 13. How right. do we determine a king? Deuteronomy 17, right? It's right, all, right, Think right. about the feast. Deuteronomy, it's, so it's over and over and over and over again. Deuteronomy is super important. And so that's why I love this book. What's happening here, it's a covenant renewal. They're on the plains of Moab. Uh, Moses is like, hey... You heard about the first generation. I'm going to renew this covenant here with this second generation before we go into the land. God already said, I can't go in. I was of the first generation, right? right? So he raised up Joshua and Caleb, right? on. And what the structure, the literary structure of Deuteronomy is um, the same structure as an ancient Hittite suzerain vassal treaty, right? And this was just a... Seminary
1: words you got to... Yep.
0: All all it (laughs) was was an agreement or a covenant or a treaty... Between a king in the ancient world and a vassal or a servant. Right. So, what Moses is saying here, he's like, no, 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 Yahweh is the king. Right, right, right. And Israel is the servant. Right. right?" And you have this structure that dates the book to a certain time period. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, (laughs) I could just keep going for for days. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, the structure, I'm going to just run through the structure really, really quick. Right. Because it's important. And listen, knowing where you are in the Old Testament, this is what I've learned, bro. Knowing where you are. Helps you to know what you're doing. Right. Right. So, like, for example, studying Isaiah, it's like this big book, but once you break it up into sections, yeah, it's like, oh, he's just indicting Judah for the right, first thirty right, chapters, right, right, right. right? So it's 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 knowing where you are super helpful. All right. So one one through five, right? Yep. Chapter one, uh, uh, verse one through five is this introduction. It's called a preamble, and the main parties are going to be introduced. Yahweh is going to be introduced. Right. Israel is going to be introduced. Yeah. Moses as the covenant mediator between the two. Yeah. Right. Uh, 1, 6 through 4, right? Yeah. is going to be the historical prologue. So in the historical prologue, you're going to have um, the suzerain The reason why the suzerain Or the rationale for why The suzerain or the king Should reign Right So Moses is going to go Through the history and say like, No no this is everything Yahweh did This is why he deserves To be king over you Right right right, right? After that you're going to Have the stipulations Chapter yep. 5 through 26 That's the longest part Of this book Yeah And this, are, these are very Specific requirements Given to the vassal Right in terms of what It meant to be faithful To this king Right And so after that Blessings and curses That's 27 through 30 If you don't obey this king Guess what these are the uh, curses. Right. If you obey, yep. these are the blessings. Again, the prophets, when they when they died in Israel, they right. bring up these blessings and curses, right? Um, and then after that, you're going to have the succession or the arrangements. And so 31 to 34, Moses is going to just be like, yo, this is what it is. I'm about to die. This is what it looks like to live in the land. Um, you're actually going to break the covenant. <laughs> but if you repent, got to turn back. So he gives... The succession and the arrangements, and then he he too um, also in the book gives witnesses. So yeah. in the ancient world, I know I'm going a lot in the no, ancient world. In the ancient world, bro, gods never enter into covenant with people, right? Mm. And we see here they were usually witnesses, right, to this covenant. Yeah, here heaven and earth, Moses is going to say, are the witnesses, mm. but God is entering into a covenant with you. And so you just see the beauty and That's the contrast, amazing. bro, between what was going on in the ancient world. God is speaking to his people in a way that they can understand. Right. Just like he does now, right? Yeah. Through English Bible Right. <laughs> but here, um, he's speaking to the way, yeah, to his people in a way they can understand. And he wants them to know he loves them and that they're in this covenant relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love what you highlighted at the beginning, right? So it's Deuteronomy is
1: really like the second giving of the law it's not just the second giving of instruction, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually, as God gives the law, he's reminding the people of his faithfulness, yes. why it is that he deserves to be king. Absolutely. And then the instructions come as a result After of that. So that. the instructions are built on the foundation of God reminding people of his faithfulness yes. so that they are reminded that the promise is gonna come mm-hmm. On the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. not on merely how well they keep the instructions, because they are going to fail in the instructions that they keep. But at the end of the day, God is still going to keep His covenant yep. promise. Yep, they'll yeah. fail, all right. <laughs> yeah, we know that.
0: So, in chapter one, right, right. So he goes through the history, and the thing that the one thing that really stuck out to me, um, and especially in terms of this podcast, was verse thirty-one, chapter one. He says, yeah. "And you saw in the wilderness." How the now remember he's he's telling why God should be king of, yeah, and you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God hear this carried you as a man carries his son, right, all along the way, you travel until you reach this place, and man, in other words, like what Moses is going to say, man, is that God is a father, right, and we are his children, mm. and Israel looks back at the sand of the wilderness, right. And they realize there's only one set of footprints, footprints. Mm. right? Yeah. And the only reason they are here today is because because God carried them, right? Not because of their ingenuity, not because of their their own strength and spirituality. God carried them, and God carried you and me, bro. Right. The only reason why we're here, right, right, doing this podcast. Right. <laughs> it's because God has brought us to this point, and we need to be reminded of this message just like them. Right. Right? That God is the one who carries us to this point, mm. and he just wants us to be faithful and loving. Yeah. And then what God brings out is
1: God's like, yo, I carried y'all. And then I told y'all to go into the land, but y'all ain't want to go. <laughs> right. And then he's going to go on and say, yo, and then I told you to wait and not go to war. But then y'all went and went to war. That's and so rap, God's man. like, no, no, look at this. Mm-hmm. I've been faithful and at every turn in the road, yeah. the previous generation has done the opposite of what I asked. Mm-hmm. And with anybody else, right? They would say, yo, I'm done with you, right? right. If you tell somebody something, and they don't listen. Yeah. And then you tell them to do something, and they, when people do the opposite of what you want them to do repeatedly, there comes a point in time <laughs> where you say, yeah, "Yeah, I'm done with you. Right. I can't fool with you no more." Absolutely. And I love this book because it's it's God not saying that. Right. God's not saying, "Yeah, I can't fool with y'all no more." God's saying, "No, no, look. All right, look at the past. I've been faithful. Let me remind you of this." let me remind you of your faithlessness Mm -hmm. and let me remind you that you're still here. Mm -hmm. So look, there's a future story that's yet to be written and your hope can be rooted
0: in me. Yeah, absolutely. And in two, he continues on, right? And so he's going to talk about, you know, how they passed through uh, the land of the descendants of Esau right. and the descendants of Lot and how they had their own land that God said I would give to them. Mm-hmm. And God just fulfills his word over and over and over and traveled through the wilderness for 40 years. And in 2-7, he'll say this, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over you, over your journey through this immense wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you these past 40 years. And you have lacked nothing. Nothing. Mm. And it's like, again, Moses is going to highlight. No, no. God's blessing, God's provision, God's presence. He gave them everything they needed. And he was with them every step of the way, even when they were not with him. Mm. Right? And so you just see like over and over, I think that Moses, again, this can even be seen from a perspective of Moses' sermons. Moses preaching to these cats. Like, hey, bro pastorally like hey he was with you bro <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like serve him and right. you just see the earnestness when you like carefully read it man yeah um and so moses brings us out chapter two yeah um as he does and in chapter three same thing he talks about you know the transjordan area where they were or where they kind of are uh before they crossed the jordan yeah and you know he talks about uh the victories that they had in yeah. the wilderness so yeah. he's going to say like no, no no these different kingdoms that will rise up Against you guys, as you guys were trying to take your inheritance. Yeah, the Lord did his thing, right <laughs> right? So when y'all go into this land, know that the Lord is with you guys, He's going to conquer and uh, provide for you. And so um, the thing that was interesting here in chapter three is that you see this language of kingdom come up, right right And what we learned that is in order for the kingdom of God to come on earth, right it must and it will outlast and triumph over the kingdoms of this earth, right? And yep. we must choose, like Israel, with whom we will align ourselves, right? the King Jesus says um, in uh, John chapter 18, his kingdom is not of this world, right? And that his kingdom will triumph and come through this world, yep. uh, through his people. So uh, yep. we see that there. And then chapter 4, the last chapter of this historical prologue where God is trying to provide this rationale for why he should be king. Um, this is where history is about to cross over into legislation, mm. right? Where he's about to cross over into the laws. And you see the earnestness of Mer- of Moses here. He's like, yo, now Israel, listen to the statuses and ordinances I'm teaching you to follow so that you may live, enter and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not add anything to what I command you or take anything away from it mm. so that you may keep the commands of the Lord your God. I'm giving you, right? Uh, you just see, again, earnestness from Moses. And there's just a few things in this chapter four. It's pretty long. Right. And I'll just kind of go through. One, he's urging them to know that they are to carefully and diligently, he keeps saying that, right? Obey everything God has commanded. Right. And the thing that we see here is that paying attention to God's word carefully is the best way to live faithfully. Mm. Right. Mm. So we see that. Two, that as they do this, the other nations that surround them will be attracted to them. Right. If they obey, mm. their attractiveness. Is found in the midst of their obedience. That's good. Right? Yeah. We don't influence the world right. by trying to be just like it. Right. Right? Go ahead. You want to in that in some ways, yeah, the purpose of
1: obedience is to show God's wisdom and understanding to the surrounding nations. Yes. It shows God's closeness and God's care and concern. And it shows the things that God cares about. Mm-hmm. That in our obedience we flourish. As we flourish, it shows the world, oh, look, the God that made those commands cares about human flourishing. Absolutely. And that's attractive. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Last two the covenant has been made with you, but it's not only for you, Mm. right? Pass the covenant baton down to your children and your grandchildren. God's goal since the Garden, bro, has been to expand generationally and geographically. Yep. Right? God wants this covenant relationship that he has with his people to continue to move on all the way into eternity. Lastly, strict worship of the one true God. Right, right, right. Right? I am the one God. Do not go and make idols. <clears throat> There's no other God but me, he'll say, in yeah. the entire universe. Listen. He says, yo, when you heard my voice in the cloud, you ain't see no form, bro. Right, right. So <laughs> why? Because he is the invisible God, right? See 1 Timothy 1. And he is transcendent. He is the fountain of existence itself. So don't go make gods that you can see, right? right? That you can craft with the form of your hands, yeah. right? Come to the one true God. Love me and don't serve idols. Yeah. And so that's what he kind of uh, ends off on. And the thing I just wanted to uh, say is for us application. Those things, yes, but we should be historians. Right. right. We should be historians and recount the faithfulness of God in biblical history. Right. And in our own history. Yeah. And that will help us realize the way in which we should worship. Yeah, God's
1: faithfulness in the past is what fuels present and future obedience, Yeah, right? So if you feel like you're running out of fuel, it's probably in large part because your history of God's faithfulness has a leak in it right so constantly fill it up fill it up remind yourself of the good things that god has done remind yourself of the gracious way that god has accepted people that return to him Mm. after they fail and those are the things that incentivize us not just to obey but to run towards god instead of running away from him when we fail absolutely yeah yeah father we pray that that would be the case that today we would take some time and pause and be reminded of your faithfulness To us, Father, and that would fuel us to live in such a way where we honor you with our obedience, Father, and we fan that flame of your goodness to people that are surrounding us looking for hope somewhere else than the things that have let them down. It's in Jesus' name we pray.